Welcome to the Vox Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're taking some time today to listen to today's message. If something from today's message specifically touches your heart, text Vox Church, all one word, to 97000, and one of our leaders would love to connect with you. Also, make sure you visit voxchurch.org for more information about our church and upcoming service locations and times. God bless you. Is anybody else excited to be at church today? Welcome to Vox Church. If you're new to Vox, my name is Justin. I'm the lead pastor here. So thankful for you. I always like to take a moment, welcome all of our locations. So if you're joining us at any one of our locations or online, we just want to say good morning and welcome. Can we put our hands together for our whole church? God bless you. Come on, you guys can do a little bit better than that. Welcome to Vox. Thanks for being here. Really is an honor. Friends, there are so many exciting things going on. And I just, I'm just so encouraged by what the Lord is doing all across our church. Last Sunday, who was with us Sunday night for Baptism Sunday? Was anybody here? Last Sunday, 88 people baptized. Thank you, Jesus. Last Sunday night, I'll be honest, I'm still living off the high of, uh, of Revival Nights two weeks ago. I mean, if you were with us, just an incredible time. One person's excited about that, so that's great. But um, we, have, we have 180 women at our women's retreat right now. That thing filled up in a heartbeat. We have 75 youth at our youth retreat right now. And so uh, isn't that awesome? I mean, my, my two older boys are there. I'm sure they're going to come home today exhausted and uh, high on sugar, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And so uh, maybe you have some, some, uh, some kids or a wife or a friend at the women's retreat. But just so many exciting things going on, watching God work. Were you blessed by Mike's message last week? Was anybody blessed? I was really encouraged. Thank you, Mike Schnepp. We honor you, love you. So grateful for the word you gave. Today, we have something very, very special. I'm actually been looking forward to this day for weeks and weeks and weeks now. I asked one of my friends, his name is Pastor Brandon Cormier. You're gonna hear from him in just a second. But I asked if, if he would come and share on this topic of the Holy Spirit. So let me just tell you a little bit about him. 2020, September, Pastor Brandon and his wife, Octavia, started a church called Zeal Church in Colorado Springs. And from the moment they started the church, something supernatural started happening. And before they even realized it, now it's just a year and a half, 18 months into the church, over a thousand people gathering every week, worshiping Jesus, people meeting Christ, people. I mean, it's just been a miracle. I mean, I'm talking 18 months and the Holy Spirit breathing on it in such a profound way. We started to develop a friendship. I saw what God was doing in his life. And I just asked him, would you please come and give a little bit of that to the people at Vox? Because I think God has a deposit for us. I think he has something special for us today. And I really believe some of that zeal that God has put in Pastor Brandon is going to get on you today. And you're going to leave more focused, more passionate, more centered on Jesus than you've ever been before. And so can you give a huge Vox Church welcome, every one of our locations, to Pastor Brandon as he comes. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. There it is. There it is. Love you, man. Good morning, Vox Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, at every location, how's everybody doing? 
So good to be with you all in New England. It is such a blessing. Uh, I hail from the South, South Louisiana, born and raised. About a decade ago, my wife and I moved to Colorado Springs, and uh, God was just doing something in our hearts. I just want to introduce you before I jump into the word this morning. I just want to uh, introduce you to my family. And so if you all can just kind of look at the screens real quick, I just want to show you uh, God's blessing in my life. Come on, somebody. Ain't no hood like fatherhood. Come on. Um, so this is the child that I'm holding. That is our youngest, uh, our youngest uh, son. His name is King because after two girls, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I'm like, all right, if I just get one boy out of this deal, I'm going to give him the strongest name ever. So his name is King Samuel Randolph Cormier. I mean, just put it all. So, so that's King. And then right next to, uh, just below King, we have uh, Nora Grace, she's six years old, and then we have our older sister, Ryan Nicole, she's nine years old, and now uh, the final frontier, I mean, like, we've got uh, our last child coming, baking in the oven right now, uh, and it is another girl, you know, so... Turns out I was right to give him the strongest name ever. At first, whenever we found out we were pregnant a fourth time, I was like, what do I go to next? I mean, czar, prince, ruler. I mean, you got king. If it's a boy, like I just didn't know. And so, uh, but thankfully it's a girl, so it'll be fine. And so, uh, and also my beautiful wife, Octavia, who I have the privilege of doing life and ministry with. Um, and so I am so honored, so thankful to be here with you all today. And um, I know this, anytime that God is wanting to do something in the earth. He always needs, heaven needs someone to agree. And so out of God's grace and kindness, God picked two of the finest leaders and the lead pastors of this house. And so I just want you just for a moment, can we just honor and thank God for your pastors, pastors Justin and Christy. Come on, give it up for them. All locations. I want to hear you across multiple states and campuses and locations. Because it's a blessing. The Bible says that they are due double honor for what they're doing in their family. It's such a privilege to be here with you all in about 14 months. This is only my second time actually preaching at another church since we have started our church. We started September of 2020. And uh, I'm just ridiculously honored, both my wife and I, to be here with you. It's cold. It's like cold. I mean, we have cold in Colorado, but I'm like, this this cold goes through your clothes. All right. So uh, we're trying to stay warm. But um we're super thankful to be here. Um, I love that you all are in a series right now on the Holy Spirit. I think that as we grow in our relationship with Jesus and what God is doing in the earth across the nations right now, he is trying to reintroduce his church to one of the most important expressions, one of the most important beings and persons that there is, is the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be very clear because he's not a thing. He's not a dove. He's not a fowl with wings kind of flying around. He's not fire. He is a person. And these are symbols that are often used to communicate his essence and his being. But at the end of the day, Jesus said this, I go away and it is better for you that I go away way because if I don't go away he will not come and let me just tell you life is just better with the spirit of God living with us and empowering us can I get a good amen this morning 
All right, that's good. I need you not to be stingy with your, with your amens this morning. I need you to help a brother out because as this message goes on, it probably get a, a little bit more difficult to amen. So I'm just telling you, start here because we're about to get into some deep water. So come, come strong with your amens. All right, so um, here, let's do this. I want us to go to the scriptures this morning, James chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 21. I want to read 21 through 25. So James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25 says this, therefore, Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22 says this, but be doers. Somebody shout doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Then I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. It says this, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I want you to bow your heads real quick as I pray. Father, I thank you so much for the power that is in your word. We ask that you would speak to us today. We thank you that the voice of God and the word of God has the power to shape us and form us and strengthen us and encourage us and correct us and heal us and make us look more like your son, Jesus, today. It's in Jesus' mighty and matchless name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, if you're taking notes this morning, whether you're at locations or online or here in the room, I want you to just kind of jot down uh, this message title, Holy You. Everybody say, Holy You. Holy You. Uh, recently, I had the honor, you saw my two beautiful daughters. Um, I had the honor of taking them to a daddy-daughter dance. Just, just a couple weeks ago, we danced the night away. It started at 5 o'clock. It ended at like 10.30 that, like that Saturday night. We had church the next morning, but we were having such a good time. It's an annual deal that happens in Colorado Springs every year. And so I want you to show you a picture really quick of that picture of, uh, my, okay, so there we go. So that is me and my two oldest girls, Ryan and Nora. I mean, we're like dancing. I'm like, you know, taking one girl to the dance is one thing. Try two. I'm like trying to double dip both of them and they're small. So I'm dancing all night like this. I mean, just kind of going all over the place. We had a great time. They look beautiful. We, it, was, it, was, it was a magical night. Uh, they look great in that picture. But let me just tell you about the start of that day, all right? So at the start of the day, we started off in the beauty shop at 9.30 a.m. Now, let me just educate a few people around here today. All right, so let me tell you about little black girls. Everybody say little black girls. It's important. All right. So um, so here's the process. 9.30 a.m. our day starts. All right. So both of them are in the chair. I get elected to take my girls to the beauty shop because let me just tell you, it is a process. Somebody say process. 
So it starts with washing the hair. Then you've got to detangle the hair. Now listen, listen well. Detangling is just a situation because there's tears, there's agony, there's anguish. So much so that my wife refuses to take my girls to the beauty shop because her heart can't take it. She'll be crying with them. And I'm like, you're not helping the situation, babe. Like, so I have to sit there. I'm holding the hands. Like I'm, both of them are crying. There's tears. I'm trying to bribe them. It's just a, it's a whole deal. So then after the detangling comes the trimming. Then after the trimming, because you got to trim the split ends, because if you don't trim split ends, you know, the hair just goes away. It's a deal, all right? And, and so then there's the straightening, then the styling, then the curling, all of these different things. And so, and then I mentioned lots of tears, okay? There's hyperventilating, all of that. And so I'm talking to Ryan, my oldest daughter, because at the end of the process, I'm like, hey, babe, like, you know, how do you like your hair? What was that like? Which, by the way, we left at 1.30 p.m., and that's a short day, okay? So listen, I mean, y'all acting like y'all don't know. Let me just educate you. Let me put you on. All right. So 1.30, I, I look at her. And I'm like, Ryan, um, you know, how do you like your hair? And she says, Daddy, I, I like the result. I, I love the result. I like it, but I don't like the process. And so, so, so Daddy, I like the result, but I don't like the process. And I think if we are truly honest, we would admit this because we have a saying at our church, most of us are like the rest of us. I think if we were honest, we, 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 like, we like the result, but oftentimes we hate the road to accomplishment. And so I don't know what the last, maybe if you can think for a moment, maybe a recent or accomplishment that each of you at some point have achieved in your life, whether it was a degree or getting a certain job or earning something or whatever, most of us would say anything that, that, that is worth having, it took work to get there. But, but I think if I were to ask you and we were actually honest, the journey to that accomplishment wasn't always enjoyable, right? And so, but here's what I've come to realize, again, because most of us are like the rest of us, that we want promises with no processes. We want powerful experiences with no painful engagements. We don't like the process, to be honest. And uh, my question to you is this, or maybe you're asking, what does this have to do with friendship with the Holy Spirit? What does this have to do with who he is and who he wants to be in my life? I'm so glad that you asked. So this morning, I want to deal with a certain aspect of who the Holy Spirit was given to us to be in our lives. He accomplishes this process, and it's a big biblical term here. We're going to break it down. It's the process of sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Now, depending on your background, that word can mean different things to different people. So let's all get on the same page and define the sanctification. It refers to the process, everybody say process, of gradual purification from sin and progressive spiritual growth that should, keyword should, mark the life of the believer should mark the life of the believer. Now, a little bit about me. I grew up in Southwest Louisiana. I was literally like born in church like my whole life. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was a Sunday school teacher. Um, each of them have served and both of them have served in local church since I've been alive. Five years old, my dad led me to the Lord, kneeling down in our living room. And so we would have church in our home, church in the marketplace. We had church everywhere, all right? And so here's what I've come to understand is that sometimes we can be a 
around church people or around God or around the things of God in some kind of way. We think that by osmosis, like hanging around God, that really that's what's going to lead to transformational lifestyles and a life that is reflected of Christ. And though that is a part of it, it is not the totality. Sanctification, it refers to the process, gradual purification from sin, progressive spiritual growth that should mark the life of the believer. So let's delineate between the two. Salvation is a decision. Sanctification is a process. And here's what I've come to learn in all of my years in the local church and being around Christians and being around church. And oftentimes we make a decision to follow Jesus and we stop right there. And it is the intention of the Holy Spirit that after we say yes to Jesus, that we go down this journey of walking with him, this process of sanctification where we, we, we make a decision in our heart. Lord, it's not just like in one moment or one baptism or, or one thing that happens in my world and in my life and I'm changed forever, but really it looks like day to day. And decade after decade, coming before Jesus and saying, my whole life is yours. My whole life for your whole life, oh God. See, God is more interested, I, I think, in, in recent decades, especially the 80s and the 90s. Again, I'm a church kid, and so I remember, like, there, there, were, there were tactics, almost kind of like fear tactics, like scare tactics, like let's scare the hell out of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like literally, like let's talk about hell so much that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I definitely want Jesus because I ain't trying to burn forever. You know, I ain't about that life. We lived in Arizona for a season of time, my wife and I and our family and our kids. I'm like, wow, this is like the gate. This has got to be the gateway to hell. Like this is 124 degrees. Are you kidding me? And so, so the idea is, I think what happened for some years is in churches, we kind of got this idea like salvation. Oh, great. Like Jesus is my way to escape like hell. Like what just, So sign me up for that. I mean, who wouldn't want to, you know, burn in hell for all of eternity? And so, but here's what I've come, here's what I've come to learn is that God is more interested in getting the hell out of me than me just kind of sliding in the back door of heaven. And so what, what, what the position that we're in as a church right now is that, come on somebody. So, so here's the position that we're in that, that we say yes to Jesus oftentimes. And then because there's no, because there's no sense, because there's no awareness that that is the beginning of the journey, that is just day one, then we become comfortable with hell's activity and hell's agenda being carried out in, through, and around us, and we don't see our cities any differently. But it's God's intention that through you, sir, that through you, ma'am, that through you all at all of our locations, here's the deal, that God's intention is to bring more of heaven into your community and into your spheres of influence through your very life, like you, today, this week. So if I had to redefine this in a more layman sort of terms, it would be this sanctification is it's the journey of replacing hell's way of doing things with heaven's way of doing things, like holistically. And so how we raise our children 
for those of us who are parents and how we do marriage, husbands and wives and how we go to work and how we treat other people and how we speak to the person in the restaurant and how we treat subordinates or people that we report to on the job. All of the, this is a holistic 100% all in impact of bringing heaven into every sphere of influence that I have during my short time here that we call life on earth. This is truly what friendship with the Holy Spirit looks like. Because one of his names, he has given many names throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelations. But one of his primary names, the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of holiness. Everybody say holiness. The spirit of holiness, Romans chapter one, verse four, Paul calls him the spirit of holiness. So his primary ministry, his primary intention is not to give you goosebumps, is not to cause you to shake, rattle, and roll, though those things are awesome, love it all, but his primary mode of, of operation and his purpose in your life and in my life is to cause us to live at a greater level of holiness. I told you start off strong with those amens because we're we're, you're not going to want to amen by the end. All right. So just keep it, bring that energy now. All right. And so, so, so spirit of holiness, what does this look like? Well, it looks different from everybody else on the face of the planet. The thing that sets us apart as the people of God is that we carry and we embody and we reflect the holiness of God in the earth. So James, getting back to our main text here, James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. The author of this book, it's James, who is the biological brother of Jesus. That is important because at first, James didn't even believe that his own brother was the Messiah. I mean, he kind of, he was kind of like, like late to the party. Like other people believed and he's like, nah, you don't know him because at 15 he did this or 18 he said this or you don't know him like I know him. He can't be the Messiah. And so, but, but at, at one point, James made a decision like, oh, my brother, like Jesus, my, he is the son of God. He's the son of man. And so he writes his, he writes this book. If you're looking for somebody who, who keeps it 100, who keeps it like very practical, like he, he's not using metaphors or allegories. He's, there's no code that you have to like go decipher. James is like, let me just keep it super practical. You, you, you need to look no further than the book of James because James being filled with the Holy Spirit has friendship with the Holy Spirit who is simply more of Jesus, um, he says this to church people, to Christians, to those who are following Christ. This is who he is addressing, to be clear. And here's what he says to them. Therefore, put away all filthiness. Everybody say filthiness. They're just out here living filthy, just <laughs> filthy and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
So, so here's where James is. He says, I've, I've looked at you and, and, and I'm out here. And, and to be clear, he is writing to, to believers who are the diaspora. That means they're flung out all over. So he's not writing to a particular church. It's interesting because there's this universal principle. There's this universal intention that James is writing. And basically all people in all spaces at all times, I'm talking to you. And he says this, um, I need you to put away all filthiness. To put away, it's a Greek word here, it's apatitamai. It, it, it means this, it means take off what you are wearing and throw it across the room. And throw it with such an intention that, that, that you have no desire to ever, or plans to pick it up again. So he says, hey, believers, I see y'all. Like, you're awesome. You're wonderful. I'm so glad you're going to church. I saw you lifting your hands in worship. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, it was down here, but you know, it's, everybody's in a different place, right? And so, so, so he says, but, but here's what I need, you, I need you to cast off. I need you to cast off like old clothes and, all, and old garments, your old way of living. I need you to cast off the filthiness. And the, so he starts with filthiness, and then he says, and, and, and the rampant wickedness. Wickedness is a disregard for all things that are just, righteous, truthful, honorable, and virtuous. Cast off that life. And how does he do it? Or how are we to do it? I'm so glad he's, I told you he's really practical. He says, and receive with meekness. Everybody say meekness. Now, here's our problem. We are hardwired hardwired. I think in our Western civilization and in our mindset, like we are like democratic in our, in our minds, so like, like my opinion really matters, like to everybody, you know, to, I mean, just check your social media feed. It's just like, I don't care that much about what you have to say. Um, but, but so, but we come into the kingdom with a democratic mindset and it's like, well, God, don't you care what like my opinion is? Like, don't you want, don't you want my counsel, God? And, and James is like, no, no, no. I need you to receive God's word, but I need you to receive it with meekness. Here's an indication that you are receiving the word of God with meekness or that it's happened in your life recently. Whenever the word is being preached or whenever you're reading your Bible, that comes with an assumption that you read your Bible outside of church on Sunday mornings. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Come on. I'm amen myself. I told you I was going to get so keep, you know, keep it strong now. Okay. And so and so the, the word of God, like a mirror, you're reading something and you're like, oh, like. Oh. Like, I'm not supposed to do that. Like, I'm, just, I'm not supposed to think that way. Like, there's a better way for me to be, like, speaking to those around me. Or there's a different mindset that you want me to approach Jesus. Ah! <laughs> wow! Jesus, <laughs> I'm really sorry about that, Lord. And I repent before you. And I'm willing to lay that down because I love you more than I love my own way of doing things. Come on, is there a church? that loves the word of God and so receive with meekness. So true meekness is then ultimately always measured by the meekness of Jesus. So his humility, his patience, and his total submission of his own will to the will of his father. This is our example that we follow in our everyday lives. So he says, therefore put away, cast aside all filthiness, all wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted, or one translation says the engrafted 
word of God. That word means to be permanently in place with the implication of development. It's the only time this Greek word is used in the whole of the New Testament. So James is like, I really need to communicate to everyone who is listening today that we don't just hear God's word. And he gets into that. He says, don't be hearers, but doers. But really, it's the application of God's word to the, to the, to the place of inconvenience in my life. So the prayer is this, God, etch your word on the pages, on the tablets of my heart. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm chapter 119. How do I keep my way pure and how do I, how do I cleanse my way? By, by meditating on the word of the Lord. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. So sanctification, this, this process, like how do I grow in sanctification? I'm so glad you asked. I got you. Me and James got you this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, you'll just want to jot this down. Number one, realize this, that God has a part and I have a part. So God has a part to play in this, but then you and I have a part to play in this journey as we grow in holiness, as we grow to look more like Jesus. See, things go drastically wrong when you try to do God's part or whenever you expect for God to do your part. Pulling off our old garments, our old way of doing things, here's the intention. No matter how long you've been doing it that way, no matter what your family culture is or your family of origin is, no, no matter what's been modeled for you, well, you know, because we love this, like, well, that's just who I am. Well, excuse me, like the gospel says, like, come and like die. Actually, I don't want you to be you at all. I want you to be like, like Jesus. Like this isn't a self-help that like, I'm just the more. No, 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 no. There. He says, I've come to give you new life. So your way of doing things, if it is in conflict with the way of Jesus, then you have a decision to be, it's like either your way or his way. And so, so the idea is this, we pull off those old garments. I don't care what's culturally, it, it, culturally acceptable or what the world says. I was just having this conversation with someone in our church and they're in their 40s and, and I was talking to this gentleman and he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm dating this, you know, this lady and you know what, I just, I mean, at this point in our lives, I mean, we're like almost 40 and like, you know, we don't need to get married. We can just like live our lives together. And I'm like, well, that's a wonderful way of, of doing things. It's just not Jesus's way. So like, because we still believe like the Bible, like, do y'all believe the Bible? Like, and so it's, so, so, so God's way of doing things, like there's a biblical, like, like Christian ethic to, to like, like there's, there's, there's a biblical, like, do you believe the Bible? And so I'm just having this conversation. He's gone to church for years and years. And I think this is the position that many of us find ourselves in. It's my way or the way of Jesus. And what the Holy Spirit's intention is it, it, uh, of doing is this. He comes into your life and it is a process. Somebody say process. And step by step, week after week, month after month, year after year, we grow in our understanding of God. Now, here's the, here's the challenge. We like to compare our, where we are in that process with where others are. 
and it makes us either feel better, depending on who you're talking to, <laughs> or who you're comparing yourself to, or we feel like garbage. You know, like anybody ever been there before? Come on, like, let's just be honest. Like, you look at one person, you're like, ooh, thank God, like I am, <laughs> like I've left my life. You are in deep sin. I'm in like shallow sin. Like that is, you know what I'm saying? But, and, and here's what we've done as a church. We've like cherry picked our sins. Like some like, oh, thank God. Like that's not my sin, but you know, that's not my struggle. <laughs> thank the Lord. <laughs> but, um, and then we look at someone else and we're like, gosh, we could, we could never measure up to that. And I think that if we're honest at this position, here's what I sense so strongly even in praying for you that that's the position that the majority of us are in. We look at someone else and it's like, or people on stage or, you know, Pastor Justin or whomever, and it's like, I could, I could never do that. Like, I can't be, so, so what do we do whenever we feel like we can't really achieve something? We give up. Like, we're just like, ah, I'm out. I'll just do what, what, what I can do because I'll never reach that level. So truth today is we're all on a journey and nobody has this perfectly figured out not your favorite pastor or your favorite author or any of those things and we're all in a process of looking more like Jesus through friendship with the Holy Spirit amen if you are going to have this level of friendship with the Spirit of God then there has to be something in you that says this, number two, second point this morning, to be open to God eliminating anything in your life. Anything in your life. Now, I know this is, I told you, harder, you know, and it, I know this type of preaching, it, it's, it, it can be a little bit foreign, I think, sometimes in the body of Christ because it's like, Oh, like I'm supposed to give my whole life? Yeah, like your, that's the deal. Like your whole life for his whole life. And, and, and after like serving God, yeah, that's good. Like, so, like my whole life, like, ah! <laughs> We must be open to God eliminating anything in our lives because here's our fundamental belief. Every no from the Holy Spirit is an expression of his love for you just as much as every yes from the Holy Spirit is an expression of his love for you. That's how much he loves you. So if the door opens, God, thank you so much. But when the door closes, God, thank you so much. Because you, there's this saying growing up in, in church my whole life, he, he was the one who protected me from dangers seen and unseen. God, things that I didn't even know about where your protective hand was over my life. Come on, has anybody ever felt the protective hand of God and you didn't know it in the moment? That's the process of sanctification. That's the process of growth where in one season I was like, God, I'm so angry with you. But growth says I can look back at that season and now, God, I lift my hands and I bless you because, God, if it didn't come from you, I don't care how enticing, I don't care how appetizing it was, if it doesn't come from your hand, then God, I don't want it. That's what friendship with the Holy Spirit looks like. If it's coming from anywhere other than heaven, the answer is no. And so there has to be a resolve that grows in us 
over time where we say, yes, Lord, everything you have for me. And Lord, and the things that you don't have for me, yes, Lord, I'll throw up my hands and I'll bless you and I'll give you glory because I truly believe that I have just, I just have this inward resolve. I just have this trust on the inside of me that you're always working things for my good. The process of sanctification, the process of friendship with the Holy Spirit, the result is always for your good and for his glory. Can somebody give him praise this morning at Vox Church at every location? Colossians 3 and 5. Be open. Be open to God eliminating anything in your life. Colossians 3, 5 says this, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And I find it interesting that Paul starts with sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. So whenever we look at God's word and we look at God's life, we say, Lord, any anything, everything, everything that doesn't look like you, then God, I'm open to you. I'm open to your no, just as much as I'm open to your yes. This is the maturation process. This is the sanctification process. This is what the journey with the Holy Spirit. So if you don't want this, you don't want friendship with the Holy Spirit. You want an image and an idol that you have crafted and slap a label called Holy Spirit or God on. And that's not going to get you very far. So the, the, the third point is this. Be, be open to God eliminating. That's number two. Number three, don't minimize the mundane. Don't minimize the mundane. One of the things I'm, I'm passionate about, a lot of things. One of the things I'm passionate about is CrossFit. I've been doing CrossFit for about four years or so. And, um, and so it, 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 it's interesting because you have like this love-hate relationship. Like you go to the gym and like people tell you what to do and there's like burpees and, you know, things like a handstand walks. And I'm like, oh God, like we've got to go upside down. I'm going to fall and break my head. Or, you know, there's just all sorts of things. It's, it, it's, it's varied motions. It's all different things. It's super challenging. And, and, and here's, what I have, here's what I've realized is that, that the, the idea of like going and working out or whatever, those of you who are passionate about fitness or have goals, those kind of things, um, it's, you, you do like just normal things um, over time and, and you add like 1% like each week or each month and then you look back and you can see like your growth in those, in those various areas. But, but sometimes the movements of them, it's like, wow, this is so like one of the things is the air squat. So you're just like, you I mean, you're just like air squat. And like, you're just, you're trying to get below depth. You're trying to come up and there's nothing glorious about it. Like even whenever I travel, sometimes I'm in gyms or CrossFit boxes or hotel rooms. And it's like, here we go again. Like, you know, a hundred air squats, like a hundred air squats. Like my quads are on fire. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that. Like whenever you read your Bible, like, it's just like, here I am, you know, woo, and like praying, like outside of church on a Sunday morning, like I'm, I'm spending time with Jesus, and then, and then I'm and, and going to church regularly or connecting in my community groups or serving, and there's nothing super glorious about it in the moment, but you just do it, and then like you just, you keep doing it, or whether it's push-ups or burpees or whatever it is, and then over time, it begins, it's like, yeah, this is just my nature. Like, this is just my 
default. Like I could just go, you know what I'm saying? Like 150, whatever it is. And so the more you begin to implement these spiritual principles and disciplines, it becomes second nature to you. That's whenever the word has been engrafted in your heart. So when you would have slapped somebody before or cursed out somebody like two months ago, you're like, wow, I'm changing. Like you don't even know. Like had you came at me like that six months ago, you would have met somebody different but to the glory of God he's changing me like I look more like come on does your life look any better with Jesus over the last six weeks or the last six months or whatever it's been this is the goal this is God's purpose in our lives no matter what your context is no matter what your profession is that heaven's way is invading and breaking into your everyday life can i get a good amen this morning it's often said speaking of in the fitness world it's often said that the major contributor to physical fitness is not just simply what you do in the gym but it's what's happening in that kitchen like what it is that you are eating and so as it is in the natural so it goes in the in the spiritual realm see see because what you allow in must come out if you're digesting 35 to 45 minutes of scripture and the presence of God at church on a weekly basis, and then the rest of your week is filled with anti-Jesus rhetoric and cultural norms that are in collision with God's word, then you're, you're being discipled by the world instead of being discipled by the word. And, and I think sometimes, like, I was, well, well, you know, Pastor Brandon, like, it's, like, I tried it. Like, you know, I went to, you know, I, I, went, to, I went to church for about two weeks, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, I never read my Bible or anything, but like, you know, I've been around for a couple of weeks, couple months, and like nothing, you know, nothing really feels different, you know, nothing feels different, you know. Whereas like in the fitness community, somebody say, yeah, I work out about once a month, you know, but I've been doing it for like two years. Like I go once a month, bro. There's no games. <laughs> Where are my games? <laughs> People just kind of laugh, like, you fool. Like, what? Do you, do you, what? As it is in the natural, so it goes in the spiritual. So if we're not seeing that transformation, we have to look at what does our consistency look like? And so, again, for James, come on, somebody. For, for James, he's not at all opposed to Paul's teachings because what this is not like, what it's not, what we're not going to do is pretend like this is a message of like saving yourself by works because the word of God never contradicts itself. This is not a salvation. We are still saved by faith, through saved by grace, through faith in Jesus. It was Jesus's work on the cross. We could never do anything to earn it. That's not the goal. What we are saying is we are coming in partnership with the spirit of the Lord. As I grow in friendship with him, I look more like him and his holiness in our lives. Just like in the sports and fitness world, the idea is this. You just have to, sometimes you just have to keep showing up. Like you, you show up again. You show up at a community group, small group gathering. You show up at a prayer meeting. 
You show up on Sunday mornings. You show up to serve. You show up to whomever you're accountable to in your life. You show up for prayer. You show up for devo- for devotion. And it's not like this like religious kind of like, I just got to check the box. But let me be clear. The root word of discipleship, the same idea, it's discipline. And what we have done as a church, it's like, well, like, we don't want to come up like, like legalistic or anything. Like, I mean, do we really need to, like, tell people to do that? And the answer is yes, because Jesus did. So what we have here is like the pendulum swinging far to the other side, like, because, again, the 80s, 90s, it's like, all right, you know, burn in hell, sucker, or say yes to Jesus. And so we tried to correct that by saying, like, oh, yeah, like, don't do anything. Like, just say yes to Jesus, get baptized, and go to church a few times, and, you know, like, vote a certain way. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and come on, somebody. Like, vote for a certain, you know, party or candidate or whatever. And, like, you're good. <laughs> like, you're good. <laughs> and we've yielded. See, but this is why we have no power. Because friendship with the Holy Spirit leads to the manifestation of God's power in and through our life. Did you know, sir, did you know, ma'am, that everywhere you go throughout your week, every city that's represented, every state that's represented, that you are literally supposed to be an outpost of heaven on earth. That means every environment that you walk into, you begin to bring the peace of God where there's chaos because you're such close friends with the Holy Spirit. And nobody else can change the atmosphere, but you can. Every school campus, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college campuses, professional environments. Why? Because all of heaven is an operation on the inside of you. Why? Because when you show up, heaven shows up. When you show up, the Spirit of God shows up because he is your friend, because you said yes to him. And your yes strengthens over time. I am telling you, prophetically, God has such a destiny and a purpose for every city, every location. And he says, this is the way, the way, it's my holiness. It's the manifestation of my spirit like never before. Take your seat. I'm not done. But I sense the presence of God in this place because some of us have been bound up in spiritual bondage and some of us have been bound up in poor and erroneous doctrinal thinking. And I break that off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Theology matters. What you believe matters because it has the ability to bind and put a ceiling on your spiritual growth or it has the ability to rip off the rooftop and say there is an un ending. There is a an, a limitless portion of God and his power and his presence and his spirit that is available to you. But we have settled for lies. We've settled for doing a little bit of heaven and mostly hell in our week <laughs> and wash, rinse, and repeat. And we're going to barely manage if we could just get to church the next Sunday. <laughs> Never, that was never the point. That was never the intention. Heaven was the intention. 
By the way, heaven not being like a futuristic place. Jesus says this, the gospel of the kingdom is here. He was the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And he says, you know what? It is at hand, which means you can reach out and touch the kingdom of heaven through the power and through the friendship. With The more friendship you have with the Holy Spirit, the more heaven's expression begins to flow through your life. Does that make sense to anyone this morning? The process of sanctification can be compared to an iceberg, which is almost 90% underwater. And as the sun shines on that iceberg, the exposed part melts, moving the lower part upward. And in the same way, we're usually aware of only a small part of our sinfulness and our brokenness and our need, which is all we can deal with at any one time. I know the world has told us that we're awesome, but the truth is we're not that awesome. (laughs) You're not that awesome, trust me, neither am I. (laughs) The truth is we are broken and we are poor and destitute without Jesus. I'm a mess, you're a mess. He jacked up. I don't care what kind of family, I don't care how much money you came from, you're a mess. And so what Jesus does is over time, he doesn't, um, he doesn't overwhelm us with the awareness of, of where we've really been and every, every that's not God. And I want to break condemnation and religion off of some of you. There's a spirit of religion that has bound people in this area in particular for far too long. And it's Freedom Day. And there's a season coming even in 2020. I'm telling you, in 2022, let me prophesy as the Spirit of the Lord would say, there is an anointing that God is wanting to release over this house and from this house through this worship. There is an anointing, a unique anointing, and you've prayed into it, and you guys have experienced levels of this, and it's beautiful. But the Lord says there is a greater wave of the Spirit of God coming literally to oppose the spirit of religion that has bound so many people. I see it like choking people spiritually, like holding them like, oh, you can't do it. And God says, I am untying the cords and it will strengthen the more you say yes to holiness and yes to heaven's way of doing this. I am telling you by the spirit of God, that is his intention through you. Everybody say through me. Every single location, every single campus. So God's work in us is like the iceberg, like bringing it up because we can only deal with so much. (laughs) This is why the longer you serve God, here's what the relationship should look like. Here's what some conversations that you have with God should look like. Well, God, what's the problem now? Because like two years ago, you were totally fine with me fill in the blank. You haven't prayed that prayer to God. You ain't a real one. (laughs) Because he'll change stuff up on you. He's like, yeah, I just didn't want to overwhelm you. I love you so much. And there's only so much we can deal with. We can, we're a lot. You know? God's like, I can deal with it all. You can't even deal with all of you. And so over time, so in any particular moment, there's always something that Jesus is highlighting. If we're really friends with the Holy Spirit, where he's like, see that? Like, I don't like that. 
And then you have a choice to be like, well, I like it. <laughs> and that's where someone's like, I like it. You know, that's how some of it sounds spiritually. I like it. <laughs> and God's like, but I hate that. I don't like that. And the closer we go in friendship with him, our response becomes, God, if you don't like it, I don't like it. And everybody else may say it's okay and think it's okay. And I don't care who, but Lord, if it's not because I'm living for you, there is one that I'm looking to please. And his name is Jesus. So yes, Lord, everything. The enemy's tactic is to overwhelm you with your faults. When God's tactic is to overwhelm you with the fire of his presence and friendship with his spirit. That is his intention this morning. Romans 6, 20 through 23 says, for when we were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on, can you give God praise this morning? Here's my opportunity. Here's my challenge to you this morning. Sanctification begins with salvation. So let's be clear. That's the start of it. But here's what I want to look for this morning. Would you say yes in a greater way to the process of sanctification, of growing in holiness? And, and, and here's, what, here's what that looks like. Number one, <clears throat> here's my challenge for you. We have this saying at our church, at Zill Church, we like to keep it on the bottom shelf. It does us no good if you can come home with theological terms that, because then you have like the excuse, like, I don't know what they're asking us to do. I don't know God. No, we like, like, I just, just like to keep it super practical. Here's, what, here's my challenge to you this week that everybody can do. Number one, I want you to read, just jot this down, read Colossians chapter three every day this week. It will tear you up. <laughs> Colossians three will get you <laughs> in the best of ways. Because, and, and just reading God's word, even the same passage, like just, it'll take you about five to seven minutes. So just jot that down. Read Colossians 3. Because I think if you do that every day this week, I think here's what's going to happen. Next Sunday, you're going to walk into your location. Are you going to sign on and you're going to begin to encounter the Lord? And there's something that's going to be different. Because you will have markedly grown, like considerably because God's word, what you're allowing is it to be engrafted in your heart. Amen. Colossians 3, every week. And then, and here's, here's, it's a dangerous prayer that, that I wrote. But I think there are a number of you, every location in this room online, I think there are a number of you that the Holy Spirit just had in mind whenever he decided that this was, this is the word that you would hear today. And I think there's something in your heart, <clears throat> the Bible says this, that deep calls to deep. And I think there are a number of you who, who Christ is inviting into a greater journey of growing in terms of sanctification. Like, Lord, I want more holiness in my life. I want to look more like you. I love where I am, God, but I can't stay here. I want to go deeper in you. And there's so much more of you that I want to experience. 
And so if that's you this morning, here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to do. Not a lot of time. I want you on the count of three. I just want you to stand to your feet because I have a prayer that we're going to pray together. And, and again, make no mistake, this is a dangerous prayer because really the heart of this prayer says, Holy Spirit, everything, like truly take it all. Christians, we don't uh, tell our lies. We sing our lies. <laughs> so we lift our hands and we sing songs like, oh, I surrender to you. And he's like, you're not surrendering anything. <laughs> like, sur surrender begins whenever you stop agreeing, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so this is an opportunity to not to just sing or pray a lot. It's an opportunity and invitation to step into what I believe is a new paradigm and a prophetic dimension for your church to transform every city under the sound of my voice, every location. It starts here. So on the count of three, if you want to say yes to this, I want you to stand to your feet, and then we're going to pray this prayer together. Then we're going to spend a few minutes worshiping together. So here we go, one, two, three. If that's you, every location, stand up. If you're tuning in online, begin to just type crazily, like just, just go crazy, all right? The online campus pastors will decipher it and interpret your type tongues. Um, here's the prayer. It's on the screen for you. So let's just pray it together. Here we go. One, two, three. Holy Spirit, all I have is yours. Every part of my heart and life belongs to you. If there is anything that does not please you, I give you permission to lord over me and i pray for the boldness to say yes to you as you do your part i will do mine and the result will be supernatural spiritual growth i want to be holy before you closer in friendship with you amen come on right where you are i just want you to lift up your hands and as the worship team begins to sing this morning, this idea of new wine, Lord, there's a new power. There's new authority. There's a new, there's a new reality that God's inviting you into. The decision is this, Lord, I'll leave everything behind because nothing is worth the surpassing greatness of knowing God better this year in 2022. Amen. Come on, lift your hands and begin to pray your own prayer to the Lord and let's sing together. Come on, worship team. Let's declare this truth. Thank you for listening today to this Vox Church sermon. If something from today's message spoke to you and you've just made the decision to follow Jesus, text Vox Church, all one word, to 97,000, and one of our leaders will help you as you begin your journey with Christ. God bless you.